This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined uh, on this show to recap the Raptors' loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves by Colin Connors. Colin? Hey, how's it going? Um, I almost fell asleep watching this game. Uh, nice little <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, meaningless basketball. But um, yeah, the Raptors lost 103 to 92 to the Timberwolves. Um, just overall, not a very good defensive performance, and uh, you know, uh, it's not th- nothing to worry about too much. But it's, it doesn't look like this specific this specific Raptors summer league team is very good. Yeah, not at all, really. Like it's it seems like it's going to be a bit of a tough summer. Uh, they really miss having a true point guard last year, like Van Vliet. You can kind of just tell whenever they're on the court, there's just like there's no released valve. No one's really getting people in their places. A mm-hmm. lot of the possessions are just complete, like jumbled up. Like, I really thought this is what Teague was going to bring. Like, he had his best season of his career in the G League. He even finally got called up to the Grizzlies, and he's just been, you know, he doesn't look like he's got really real flow. He's passing up open shots. He's got good pick-and-roll uh, chemistry with Lima, but that doesn't, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and besides that, like, you know, McIntyre's looking okay, but he's reckless at times like crazy. He's got four turnovers today, and there was about a million times where he almost had a turnover. Mm. And Rousey just doesn't look like an NBA player. He's just, you know, a bit too small, a bit too, like, not that quick. He just he can't really get to his spots well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's a great point. Like, you need organization. Like, you need organization in, in a game where pretty much, like, you know, these guys are randomly thrown together, obviously don't have much continuity. And last year we were – Treated to pretty good basketball because Van Lee yeah. was able to consistently get guys like Pirtle, um, Siakam, and everyone else into their offense. Like, there just isn't that same organization. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to look at assists, I think I think Cody Miller McIntyre led the entire team with four. Um, yeah, Jason Lloyd had a couple of nice moments, but I mean, when your starting pointer gets one assist in 13 minutes, and honestly, just didn't look very good. Um, you know, it's it's going to be tough to play, but. Uh, in terms of the relevant characters here, OG obviously is top of mind for everybody. Um, a little bit better of a performance than game one. He had 13 points, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block. Um, only shot five of 15 from the field and one of four from deep, but I thought overall his game today was a little bit better. 
Yeah, he definitely showed a lot more today. He had that one nice Kevin Love, uh, like, outlet pass early on. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of really nice, like, attacking the basket and kicking out. Guys weren't necessarily making shots, and, like, about, there's about five times where he hit people who had glass hands around the key who just, you know, didn't make the layup and whatnot. But his, like, you know, his handle looks a bit shaky, which is obviously something he'll just improve upon with, like, practice and age. But he's actually looks like he's starting to get a bit of a rhythm in terms of, like, the pick and roll he's using and, like, coming off handoffs. Like, it's, he's showing, like, the potential of a secondary playmaker that some people want to see. But you can tell he's still a lot more comfortable when he catches it, at, like, in the mid-post or, like, back and down and stuff like that. But that's just carrying over from his college career still. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could tell the lack of handle there. Like, he's not able to get to um, the specific types of places on the floor where, you know, you can really do damage as a scorer and – um, when mm-hmm. he tries to drive to score for himself, um, he jumps towards the rim. He's a little bit like far out when he tries to jump, and he's he's not getting basically good opportunities to finish. And I think that explains like the, the poor shooting percentages in both game one and game two. Like he's um, he's not gonna be a primary scorer, but I mean in terms of just secondary playmaking, like you could definitely tell that the, the instincts are, are are good there, and that's that's positive. And also defensively, like him um, playing a lot of power forward, like doing a lot of. Um, uh, having a lot of help, rotation responsibilities. Um, OG's nailing all of those, uh, and it, it, that that part at least is very good to see. Yeah, it's really good to see. They started the fourth. I can't totally remember if he was on, but they went really small with McKinney at the five, and I think OG was at the four. Mm-hmm. And it's it struggled, but it was nice to see them finally try that. Like I would love to see a lot more of like OG at the four and just like switch because they could switch one through five with that lineup. I think Carter McIntyre was at the the one. Or Miller McIntyre was at the one, and like they could switch one through five, and like you know with OG they're just kind of manning things. Like it actually looked competent on defense. They just had like five turnovers on offense, so they got it scored pretty badly with that stretch. But yeah, OG defensively looks like the best defensive player on the court without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean overall, I think the Raptors defense um, has been really foul prone in both the games one and game oh, yeah. two. Today they had 28 fouls, and uh, I think these are 40 minute games, so that's that's not good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what do you see from that defense in terms of like, um, what style are they playing and, and why are they fouling so much? Uh, a lot of it's coming from there since they're like, I think today they almost had double the turnovers of the Timberwolves. So a lot of times it's just cause they're getting so many transition opportunities that they're just having to like, you know, get their hands in there just to try and break it up. Mm-hmm. Cause they're, like when they're getting in the half court, they're having like, you know, decent defensive possessions, but like there's so like every single time the Timberwolves are getting like either like a full transition or a secondary transition like and that just puts things at like disadvantage because there's going to be cross matches guys with poor mismatches like Malachi Richardson will end up guarding like someone he shouldn't and then he'll end up fouling or something like that like it's just not, it, like the turnovers is definitely the biggest issue. Yeah, for sure. And again, that links back to the you know lack of uh, quality yeah. point guard play. It does kind of color everything else, but um, in terms of the other Raptors that are relevant here, um, Afonso McKinney, uh, he clearly has a mindset to score, but he needs to pass. Man. He's taking every shot available to him. Yeah, in my notes for McKinney, I've got Chucker about four times because he keeps yeah. catching, facing up against like with like almost no space and just trying to put up a three. And uh, with his athleticism, you'd want him to get like more to the rim, but it seems like every time he drives, unless he's got a clear layup, he's just putting up one of those floaters that he does, which work occasionally in like the G League with the 905. But I, I think he's made one out of about five in the two games so far. Like you'd like to see him like he's like you. I think you mentioned in the last pod that he's bulked up, but he's really not using his body that well to like really use his like size and athleticism to get good angles. He's just like taking these like tough floaters and then just 
his three is not looking good. Like, he's had a bunch of really bad misses. Yeah, there's one really uh, prominent possession where I think OG broke down his man and got to the rim and then kicked it out. And it was a beautiful play. And and McKinney, I think, was wide open, and it was just an air ball. Like, as soon as he shot it, you're like, yep, that's not catching anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough for him. It is really tough for him because I think he, I don't think this is like, um, entirely in character for him. I think he's trying to expand, uh, his game a little bit. But yeah, I don't think his, he's gonna make the league as a scorer. I think he should focus yeah. a little bit more on just being a defender, being athletic. Like he's really good at poaching for offensive rebounds and he did that today for a putback. Um, mm. but yeah, I mean, in terms of just as a gunner, like that's, that's not really his game. Um, another guy that, kind of profiles as a gunner, even though I'm not entirely sure if he's good, is uh, Malachi Richardson. Today, he was much better than um, mm-hmm. in game one. He hit more shots today. He uh, scored 15 points, had two assists, shot four or five from deep. Um, I like Malachi's confidence. I'm just not sure he's always going to be able to hit those, um, you know, like jab step pull up threes because I don't know. It, he doesn't release a he doesn't really look like that good of a shooter to be shooting that much and that confidently, mm-hmm. but today he was hitting shots. Yeah, it was a bit of an aberration for a little while for Steve Hitson. His like his form is really nice, but he's never had great percentages. I think in the G League last year he was about like thirty one or thirty two percent from three. I might be wrong on that, but I know it was low thirties. I did a piece on him. Mm-hmm. And uh like he's he's just he, at his size, like he can be a three and D guy, but he's only about like six five and he doesn't have this like strong frame. So you'd like to see him show some ball handling capabilities, but he doesn't look comfortable coming off screens. He had some pretty bad turnovers today. He had some where he almost threw a turnover but it got deflected out of bounds, like they were praising him on the uh, the broadcast, and I remember last game PJ Carlissimo was calling him like a player in this league, but he's not really showing that much besides that like patented step back going left. Like he cannot go right. He, like his his scattering report is only going left for that pull up, and there's not like too many translatable skills that you're seeing out there besides like just catch and shoot threes. But you know that's like he's not shooting that great a percentage too consistently, so you're not seeing too much great stuff there. Yeah, and, and especially defensively, like he. I think he's athletic enough for, but like you mentioned, he's a bit undersized and he's not particularly physical either, um, or mm-hmm. eager to play defense. So I don't think he's like necessarily a bad defender. He's just, he needs to be better on that end if he's going to be a catcher six, three and D guy. Um, did anyone else's performance, uh, stand up to you today? Uh, Lloyd was good. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Lloyd. He had a couple nice shots, but I was, I didn't pay too much attention to his defense. Like he had some nice defensive possessions, but he's obviously, he would obviously project as more of a three and D guy and, you kind of like I need to take a couple a, a more close look to see how his defense is before I can make any decisions on him. And uh, Javon Thompson actually had a pretty good game. Like he had yeah. a couple like orthodox lefty hooks. He actually was having his hands up in the paint for once. That's like a you know, he's got this huge wingspan, but sometimes he's got his hands down, which is the most frustrating thing. But he was he had pretty good verticality and stuff. Like I don't think he had very many blocks, but he was he was. Re- uh, contesting a lot of shots and causing people to alter the shots way more than Lima. Like Lima okay. wasn't really affecting very many shots at all. <laughs> Why do we have Lima? The, 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 honestly, know, yeah, the Marquis Teague and Lima in, in the starting lineup is just, it's such a downgrade from last yeah. year's version <laughs> of like Van Vliet and Pirtle. Like yeah. obviously like no one's really going to consistently replicate uh, those guys because those guys are actually mm-hmm. NBA players, but like uh, Lima does not look good. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and I'm always looking forward to more Siobhan Thompson. It's not even like necessarily that he's um, that great. Like he's like kind of like just your a, a prototypical banger. Um, he's a little bit slow actually, um, mm-hmm. but like he's just it's, it's miles better than Lima. It's it's better than Trigvi, who uh, got some burn today, four minutes, grabbed the <laughs> rebound. Minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Was it impactful out there? He was wearing number fifteen though, so that's a ballsy move. <laughs> um, 
I think Raleigh Alkins was a little bit disappointed today. He didn't really play that much, but uh, only had two points. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure what they want to do with the rotation or what they want to do with Raleigh, but they did give some money to him. And so mm-hmm. you would assume that they would give him a bigger role, but uh, yeah, only eight minutes today. I'm looking forward to seeing more for him because he obviously had a really impressive game one. Yeah, he played really well in game one. I think he was the only guy that was a plus, and he was a plus 14 in like 12 yeah. minutes in game one. And today he was just kind of mediocre. He had two pretty rough turnovers, just being reckless in transition. He got beat in the post. He fell for a pump fake. He had that one nice baseline dunk, dunk but and he had a, he actually had one nice euro step pass to, off to Lima early on. But he didn't see too much like consistently. Like you like to like he didn't get too many opportunities to show what his three point stroke was like, and it looked nice in game one, but. I don't know. You'd like to see them kind of invest a bit more in terms of like playing him like one of the most like arguably as much as Miller and McKinney, but they're obviously not leading that way right now. So yeah. Okay, yeah, and the Raptors will wrap up their round robin play um, tomorrow, uh, and uh, we'll be back to recap that game uh, again. Thanks to thanks to Colin for uh, recapping this one, and um, you know, I, I don't know. Are you free tomorrow, basically? Uh, actually, I'm getting my wisdom teeth out in the morning, so I'm free, but I would not be of much use. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. Um, yeah, I'm going to need it. <laughs> enjoy the, enjoy the, uh, the anesthesia. Uh, enjoy the drugs, basically. I'll try to. <laughs> All right. All right. See you guys later. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at myhealthpolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.